Welcome to the Ether. Today is Monday, March 20th, 2023. Today on the Ether, the console AMA. Let's take a listen. Hello, hello, hello. How's it going? Hello, how's it going? Mic check one, two. Um, <laughs> we can hear. Yeah, thanks. Um, we hear some other voices. Evan, how are you doing? You there? Yep, I'm here. Oh, doing good. How are you? Awesome. Great to hear you. Welcome to Evan. Uh, Titus, you there? How's it going? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? <laughs> <laughs> Mic check, one, two, one, two. Um, yeah. Also, I'm here. Yeah. I'm happy. Uh, apparently, I've been made a co-host, so I have the privilege now of muting everyone by accident. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, Julia is going to be a little late today, so <laughs> I figure I need somebody to uh, to help me <laughs> a little bit. So it, yeah, you got nominated. <laughs> I got your back. Apparently, I got to share all the socials now, too. Oh, my God. Julia does such an amazing job with that that I don't even know how to keep up. No, I'm not putting that on you, but. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Don't worry. I'll help out. Um, also, I also invited Koro to speak. Uh, he didn't raise his hand yet, but he always has something good to say. So I just thought, <laughs> I thought I'd preemptively get him up on stage just in case. Um, great. We got, we got Finn from Terra Space here. We got. Kira Gamer, we got Angie, welcome, welcome. Um, yeah, we got a good little group here, awesome. Um, great, well, welcome to the weekly console AMA. Super happy to be here, as always. Um, generally, our AMA, we try to hit somewhere between 30 and 60 minutes. The topic is decentralized social media, sovereign identity, and of course, here, um, my role in this is building console and helping integrate and advance, I would say, really just decentralized social media and chat. Console is a Web3 chat app that we have live. It's at console.xyz. A lot of people here um, on the space have joined console, um, are in our console HQ, which is our beta. And anyone else listening, is welcome to join if you just send me a dm um usually i get a bunch of dms throughout the week and i try to help you either join the beta or to spin up your own console community so yeah we're in beta right now and um really excited to be here so let me just like give a few updates on the console side to kind of kick things off and then just going to kind of turn it over to the conversation um i there was a few few pieces of news and conversation that came up uh, throughout the week that we'll probably touch on more broadly in the ecosystem. And then if anyone has a question throughout, just raise your little hand up, <laughs> your little Twitter hand, and uh, we'll bring you up on stage. And you can ask a question about any of the topics that we're discussing uh, or anything related specifically to console or your console community. So um, just get started. All right, so a few a few headlines um, with, uh, with console. Um, 
one one headline that is uh well <laughs> a, bit, a little bittersweet um but dave dave came on uh to the console community and really helped grow console over the past year he's a good friend he's a su super successful entrepreneur and dave uh dave is going to be moving on to other things now um it was a mutual kind of understanding of uh really just looking forward to i think um where console is going and where dave's going and yeah um he will likely pop in in future twitter spaces he wants to be involved he's rooting for the team he'll be part of console hq um but yeah at this point uh yeah dave is is going on to some other things and yeah really he came on for the first year to just kind of help structure the team structure hiring and to help get us to this point that we're at and we are yeah we're on track and we're doing really good so it's it's bittersweet because it's really sad to not have Dave with us every week, and at the same time, really excited about our progress. And I think that just means that we're on track for doing what we came here to do. So with that, um, we do have some uh, updates today. Um, today, if you are in Console HQ, you might have noticed some updates in the past hour or two. Um, we made two notable updates. Um, one is that we upgraded our backend chat to something called matrix if you're not familiar matrix is an open source chat protocol and so the cool thing about that is you know our vision at console is to slowly slowly move towards web3 principles so slowly move out to open source software in the back end to more privacy focused more secure options um, and to decentralize over time but you know we're not doing everything up front because I think any any Web3 project that's spending 100% of their time decentralizing is probably not going to be as usable as quickly as you'd want it to be. And we're really trying to balance that. So console is usable today. And um, we really felt that this, this upgrade to Matrix was really important for console users. Mainly the main reason I would say that we are upgrading is mainly for private chat. Um, this, the more centralized options for for chat out there, um, we didn't feel respected privacy in the way of our users in the way that we would want them to. And I think that that's a concern for really any centralized chat platform that's out there, whether it's Slack or Discord. I mean, essentially, they have access. They have a key um, that they can encrypt and read any of your messages. Like, nothing's actually private. And you see that again and again with these chat platforms, um, you know, handing over data. Uh, just one that recently came up in the past year, last August, there was a conversation on Facebook Messenger between a mother and, and her daughter. And they were, I think they were talking basically about having uh, what would be an illegal abortion in one of the new, you know, states in the United States that has the new um, Roe versus Way laws, where that's now illegal, and they were talking about it, and they, upon subpoena, were these chats were handed over to the U.S. government, and so you could. This is covered by like CNN and everybody. You could just read that case, um, but you know, it happens all the time. It doesn't necessarily get headlines, but. Um, you know, our private chats are not so private. And um, I mean, the cool thing about the Facebook story is since then they've been spending a lot of their time swapping out the back end of Messenger with Signal. <laughs> and so even Facebook, you know, is really trying to move toward this direction. WhatsApp 
is already in that direction. WhatsApp has Signal on the back end. So everybody's moving towards Signal. And you know, we feel like that's just like a bare minimum for what chat apps need to have and slack doesn't have it discord doesn't have it um we really feel like you know a group chat platform needs to have this as a bare minimum so um so our move to matrix is is really about privacy for foremost at foremost um because it allows us to hook up signal level basically signal protocol um for the chats and we think that's a huge win for our users it's just like bare minimum of minimum of what we expect and what we'd want ourselves and um, so we'll slowly be rolling that out. As of today, the matrix integration is live, although the signal in the DMs is not live yet. So they're encrypted, but they're not end-to-end -end encrypted. And so we'll be letting out those news updates um, probably over the next few weeks that will probably be finished. But, uh, but the big news is <laughs> it's ready. Um, it's ready now. And so there was um, some chat history that was lost, but th this was the one and only time that that should happen. So that's really good. So we made, you know, we made some progress today. Um, the other nice feature, number two, which comes with that is light mode is ready. <laughs> We've had a lot of requests for light mode, um, mostly just objectively from, from people who aren't so deep into Web3 and female users, and just objectively reporting. <laughs> that's what our polling and research has shown. Um, and I think that that's you know something nice that we could offer, I think, is just something that feels more inclusive of maybe what people are used to and people like slack people like different you know brighter colors and they don't necessarily always want dark mode and so now we have light mode and dark mode and that's live as well today um so those are two great updates that are out today um we'll have new updates every week so stay tuned for more and as always like very into your input on what we can be doing better with our roadmap to um to bring you guys the features that you want to be building your communities on top of that's really why we're here um serving you guys to make sure that you can be um, all that you can be. <laughs> it's like an army slogan, but something like that. You get the vibe. Um, yeah. So with that, those are the two. Those are the the few updates um, for console for this week. Um, if we have any questions, you guys can raise your hands. Otherwise, we'll just kind of kick off the. <laughs> Crow gave me a punt, uh, fist bump. All right, cool, awesome, Evan, sweet. Yeah. So those those are the updates. Um, Let's kick it with um, let's kick it with some some things. What's on people's minds today? We got Corel got a question. Go for it. Yeah. So I was wondering, um, in terms of like different like Discord bots and stuff like that, it, will there be a way to kind of um, migrate those sort of things into console or because <clears throat> I'll be fairly honest, I've been kind of like disconnect. Oh my god! I actually did it. I muted everyone. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. So no sorry. Worries, no worries. All right, Coro, try again. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what point I got cut off, uh, but um, Discord bots. Yeah, Discord bots. So, um, is there going to be any sort of incentivization for developers to migrate to console? Um, just kind of curious. Um. What incentivization do you have in mind, or I don't exactly. No, like I, I just mean or? like. No, no, not financial. No. <laughs> okay, okay. Like just in terms of like making it simpler for them to, uh, to kind of, like have, their customer base on both platforms, right? Like there's some like fairly um, popular plugins like um, AlphaBot and stuff like that that a lot of. Um, 
like NFT alpha pass communities use. Um, so just wondering if there's been any outreach to anything like that to, to see just because um, if you plan on onboarding um, larger projects, you're going to need some functionalities. Yeah, that's great. We are definitely interested in what we're calling apps. So, you know, basically the ability to have integrations with code. <laughs> um, so essentially the idea of bots, um, we're going to make those like a little more transparent so that they're not, sometimes on Discord, you could think you're talking to a human and it's not, it's like a bot. So we're going to have our own kind of limits on like inter- integrations and apps. And we're going to open that up. It's going to be like one by one. We've had a few people and communities reach out to us with ideas for what they want to see. And I think really at this point, it's like the the bigger communities who are making requests and like are really going to, I think, commit to console. You know, it's like kind of vice versa. It's like we're willing to like work with you, work with them. Eventually, when I say eventually, like within the next year, I think we just want to like open that up and let anybody build. But at first, we really want to kind of like work side by side with a few projects, mostly just doing ensure the quality and really just make sure it's successful. So if anybody listening has, you know, um, a bot integration that you'd really like to see, very happy to, you know, take a Zoom call or chat more about that. Um, the one thing on, on my mind or the one or two things that we're talking about, um, I am interested in, in doing some ordinals like Bitcoin ordinal integrations with apps so ways of token getting that or doing marketplace stuff i just think it's super interesting and we've had a lot of requests for it um and i also think like ticketing tools are interesting just to be able to keep track of your users i know that's like a really popular one um aside from that within console we have some bots already like natively integrated as far as like bringing your NFTs in and roles and things like that. And so I think in those cases, like hopefully, you know, if people are using Guild or Collabland, you won't even have to, you could just use the native console functionality. So yeah, that's the latest update on bots. But yeah, Kuro, thanks for the question. Um, Yeah, you have another follow-up to that? Go for it. Yeah, um, you just mentioned Ordinals and recently the D-Gods did their Bitcoin Ordinal Mint and they've been having to uh, authenticate ownership of the inscriptions manually. Um, might be an interesting group to to get into contact with, um, just in terms of a of an actual like ordinals community use case where there's distribution of the token already. Damn, I love that. That is a great idea. Yeah, I didn't realize that they were doing it manually. In Discord, they're just manually adding people? Yeah. Oof. Yeah, they're manually ordering, uh, adding the ordinal um, owners. They have like a, they have something like very interesting going on too. They have like a, a trading desk and stuff like that going on in a special Discord for the D-God ordinals. So I don't know. Um, it, it might like, you know, just speaking from perspective of an outside person, um, it might be somebody or a group of people that you'd want to communicate with as they do have um, quite a, a large following and they do have a unique uh, use case here with the 535 um, ordinals. So, yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, I might know some people in D-Gods, but in case any if anyone listening has a connection... Do you want me to just put you in a chat with them? 
Yeah, I'd love that. That would be awesome. Okay. Really, you're the best. That's really helpful. Cool. Thanks. Um, all right, Corey, if you have if you have more, feel free to keep chatting or raise your hand. Otherwise, um, I see Robin. Robin. Yeah, I just want to give someone else a chance because I, I could go off for hours. <laughs> um, I, I don't usually say anything when I'm on stage, right? I just kind of just take notes. So I got a lot to talk about. Right, we, I always appreciate having you grow. So that, thanks for the contribution. It's really helpful. Robin, how's it going? Hey. It's uh, going good. How are you? Yeah, wonderful. What's on your mind? Um, so I, I had uh, a couple of things I, I wanted to mention here, uh, like uh, three three things things to be exact. Um, the first question is like uh, you just talked about um, bots and like native integrations for, uh, for example, for NFTs and so on. And um, we uh, like on Discord, uh, we wanted to have a bot that basically gives you transaction notifications. So. Uh, we have an NFT lending protocol, and basically what we want to have is a notification every time there is a new loan. So basically something that reads the Stacks blockchain and gives you a notification as soon as uh, a transaction uh, was complete on a special um, smart contract. And I wanted to ask, is that something you are considering with console, like some some notification system that is based on the Stacks API? Yeah, so um, let me just repeat. So the idea is like a notification system each time a trans like a transaction in your smart contract is complete or a payment is sent or what specifically? Exactly, exactly. So like th there is a function call, for example, that is called new loan. Uh, this is every time someone uh, like requests a new loan. And it would be nice to have something where you can easily like just say uh, to to console basically like every time there is a new loan function called um, send a notification. Yeah, that's really cool. I uh, just took notes on that. Um, yeah, I think I think something like that would be really cool. Um, yeah, we've had a few friends from the Stacks ecosystem talk about wanting to do bots. I don't know the specifics of reading functions but i know the gamma team we're in chats with and um i think the the novum team as well so yeah let, let's talk about that definitely dm me um if you have yeah some specific like uh needs for your community i think I, again it's like the thing the thing about what's <laughs> like hard about being a little bit i guess in my place um is that like a lot of people have requests and then they don't really like necessarily have a community or like use case for it so it's like i think we're definitely just trying to prioritize like if you if you already have a community you're trying to grow a community and you want to work together on that that's definitely something we'd love to support you in so i'd say just dm me a little more details about you know how this impacts your community and how console and this feature will help you and if yeah if there's definitely if there's something there then i love the idea and it's and i can definitely tell you it's something we're we're thinking about um, something related to that. So thanks for asking. Well, yeah, that, that sounds great. Um, uh, yeah, to be honest, like we, we don't have uh, a real community yet on, on console, but I would love to, to build one. Um, so uh, that's why I'm uh, throwing these questions at you. Um, like next, next question I have is um, regarding 
uh, growing communities. Every time I go to console, I just see like this one community I'm in and nothing is happening there. Uh, and I was wondering, like, are you planning to have a discover page? Like, I think it would be so cool to, to see, okay, I have an NFT of uh, CrashPunk. Um, let's, let's, like, let's uh, see CrashPunk's community on, on console. Um, like, just a discovery page that maybe, like, interacts with your NFTs or even just, like, suggests any communities. I think that would be cool. Do you have something like that in, in mind? That's already? awesome. We do have a Discover page. It's just that everything, there's about 50 communities on console and they're all hidden because we're, again, we're just kind of like rolling towards our beta, like getting, we really, we really want to, I mean, I'm thinking April is hopefully when we put a link on the homepage and it just says download the desktop app and then anybody can just, just go nuts. <laughs> like that's really our goal. And we really just kind of want to get some of this privacy um infrastructure stuff ready before we let people roll with that because again we're just really just trying to do diligence and make sure that we do the right thing for for everybody coming on so um yeah that that would be the goal and we do have a discovery page and i, and I would say that at that point it'll just be based on the community because each community can decide to list yourself as discoverable or not but it's a really cool idea to like basically look at your wallet and then suggest to you the communities that you're already in. That is really cool. Um, it would help filter a lot of noise. Like when I go to a lot of other, you know, Discord or Mastodon or something, I'm just like overwhelmed a lot because I'm like, oh my God, there's like thousands of things and like they're all kind of junky looking or not what I'm trying to join. But really cool idea. Like if you come on, because we know your wallet, we know the communities that you're in and we could just suggest to you like, hey, your communities are already here. I love that. Thanks for the suggestion. Sure, and and one last one, just a quick one. Go for it. When mobile, when when mobile page, uh, mobile app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's technically it, it exists. We're testing it internally. There's like 20 people or so testing it right now. Um, I'm I'm hoping within sometime in April <laughs> to like let that go. We're also waiting on Apple's approval. So there's a few things like holding it back, but it it does exist. And I think as soon as as soon as we get a few more bugs out of it and get Apple's approval to list the test flight so we could just share a link. Um, yeah, that would be the trifecta. Desktop, back-end privacy, mobile app, and then we're just ready to go. <laughs> so we're almost there. Really appreciate all the patience, everybody. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Looking forward. Thank you, Robin. Really appreciate your support. So happy um, for the questions. Thank you. Um, cool. Uh, Bitcoin ghosts mint live has a question how's it going oh hello thank you uh so <clears throat> i just found you guys uh very very new to this i haven't tested it out i'm not even sure uh it's publicly available but i i just filled out the form um we are definitely looking for something more advanced for uh more advanced than discord uh, something like NFT friendly because obviously we have a community going. So uh, I'm I'm just asking as a total noob. Do you w will it be built in like NFT verification, uh, NFT role assignment, and you know like all the basic things? Will that be pre built into uh, console? Also, thank you for taking my question. 
Yeah, great, great question. Yes, 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 and yes. Uh, that is already built into console. And so just DM me, um, just press my face right there and uh, send me a DM and I can follow up with onboarding instructions. Um, oh my God, did Titus do that? <laughs> I just really wanted to make sure that everyone had a link to console <laughs> HQ and it was just the first thing in the search results. So if anyone wants to join that, that's an easy way to find it. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to balance. Uh, a, so my internet went down because the power went out. Yeah. Because California just loses power once a day oh now. God, it's pretty insane. Is- yeah, it's it's fun. But yeah. Um, <laughs> Bitcoin Ghost, welcome. Yeah, it's a it's a working product. Uh, you signed up for the beta of creating a community, but the platform itself does exist, and you can try it right there. Um, basically, it's token gating. There aren't trait based token gating traits right now, or um, Filters right now, but that's being built probably along with many other things. Push notifications are probably a big one as well. Not there yet. I am not part of the team, just a friend of the community. Yeah, thank, thanks, Titus. Yeah, um, really appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. That the video that Titus just put, um, posted gives a tour. Um, it's a few weeks old, so um, you can see where where we're at. And um, yeah, if you DM me, I can give you a link. Uh, yeah, and and. Notifications, updates, as you mentioned, all coming soon. We're working <laughs> as hard as we can to get all this going. But yeah, but long story short, yeah, what, what you're looking for, um, uh, Bitcoin Ghosts, um, definitely we c- we can hook that up um, immediately. So just just let me know, and I'll, I'll help you do that. Sounds great. You guys are legends. Yeah, thank you. Really, really appreciate having you here. Um, all right. Uh, any anyone else listening? If you guys have questions, raise your hand. We'll get you on stage. Um, happy to do that. Um, you know, over the past few weeks, months now, maybe we've we've had such a great reoccurring cast of characters joining us. Oh, Julia's here as well. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> and we could also add a Julia. Um, Julia Titus has been has been uh, <laughs> taking over <laughs> and helping out. Uh, in the meantime, we we owe him. Uh, thank you. <laughs> He's been co-host. <laughs> um, yeah, so so Julia's here as well. Julia on the console team. Very happy to have you. Um, yeah, so we 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 you know, we've gotten like a pretty good reoccurring crew here of, of of people who really really care about these issues of sovereign identity and decentralized social media. And um, yeah, I I'd love to turn for a second to just kind of open up. You know, this space moves so quickly week over week. And so I know that we all are reacting to the news and have ideas and are learning new things. I honestly learn, I don't know, a handful of things every single week just from the questions and just from listening to you all. So, um, yeah, I'd like to just turn to to hear, let's see, from from Titus and Evan specifically, um, we were chatting about a few things that were happening this week. Maybe just get get your take. Uh, Titus, what... What stood out this week for you? Maybe a learning or a news, <laughs> a news shock or something that we can we can learn. Well, I know that Ledger is technically a centralized entity in a lot of ways, but they're enabling trustless decentralized things. And so, I was really excited about the Ledger extension being released. Uh, that's just a like a like a few days old and works. The fun part is it works on iOS as well as macOS, and I'm sure that more platforms and more things. Support-wise are coming. Uh, currently, I think it's just Ethereum and Polygon. Um, just going off the top of my head about why this is a great thing. Because um, if you think about what we do as being our own bank and investing in NFTs and things like that, 
even though some of us are just collectors and we don't think of it as investments, these things sometimes become valuable and it's nice that we can protect them. And that's an important distinction between uh, Web3 being sort of a hobbyist thing and immature and Web3 being adoptable by the masses for all the things that we want to do with it. Self-sovereign identity, for example, is something we talk about here a lot. And if we can't trust it, then it's a little less safe. And so it's really nice to hear that Ledger extension is this. Basically, it's a way that we can, we can take software that we really trust already. Like, for example, Safari is built into macOS and iOS. So there's no new thing to install. You don't have to use Chrome, for example. Not that I'm saying you wouldn't trust Chrome, but, you know. Um, and then you use an extension that's part of the ecosystem that Apple provides, which means that it's signed. And then you use Ledger's firmware, which is also signed, and also attest, they have an attestation process where Ledger can verify that the hardware is legit. If you uh, want to use that as your daily driver, that would be a lot more secure than, say, MetaMask, for example, which isn't even open source software, even though it is visible code. Wow. So just to give you an idea. Let me ask a few clarifying questions, and then I'll, I'll also... Um, let you know chat with a few other people as well um, so so the ledger is a hardware wallet right and so for anybody that's completely new it's just basically a device that you you, you purchase in the mail from ledger <laughs> always <laughs> this is a true story but one time I was at dinner at, at NFT NYC last year and somebody came and they were like hey there's a package for you and I was like what and then I went to the front of the restaurant and there was a ledger there. And I was like, no. I was like, I don't know who's doing this. Uh, it turns out it was, it eventually turned out it was a present from a real person, but I was so shaded out. If you're ever somewhere and somebody tries to give you a free ledger, just say no, because you need the hardware wallet to come from the company to be verified. Otherwise, when you put your, your cryptographic keys on it, who the hell knows who owns it? But okay, that's my diatribe about Ledger Wallet. But yeah, it's a it's a physical device that you buy. And um, but can you clarify for us, um, Titus? Does it work with Bluetooth? Like, how can you use it with your phone? And is it use it instead? It sounds like you could use it instead of something like MetaMask or Rainbow. It's its own wallet now, right? Yes. Um, think of it like so. All wallets really aren't. You know, you're not putting things on them. You're you're managing your keys. And then the blockchain manages your assets technically, and you manage custody of those assets. So it's like a proxy. Well and honestly, I think like if we use the term proxy or something more friendly more often, I think people would actually understand blockchain. So <laughs> one of those things, you know, like we just sort of obfuscate everything into this weird marketing speak that's NFT. Um, but the important thing there is, yes, it does require Bluetooth because, yeah, um, it'd be a little more difficult to plug a ledger into a, an iPhone, for example. That would be weird. You could probably do it because there are adapters, but it would take three. <laughs> so that would be less fun until iPhones have USB-C or whatever. Um, but anyway, the point there is, yes, you would need a Bluetooth device. Currently, the only Bluetooth device on the market, I think, is the Ledger Nano X. So you need one of those. However, Ledger Stacks is coming out soon. I assume it will support that. If it doesn't, I will scream. Um, <laughs> those things sound so fun, and they're beautiful. Um, actually, the Ledger Stacks isn't the first... Um, like visible, like, you know, ledger with a screen that's big and pretty and colorful. The ledger blue from like 2016 had one. So the ledger stacks is really just a remake of blue. And no one really thinks of it that way because no one really thinks of anything ledger until like 2019 when they released uh, the ledger, the, the S models, the, the nano S when everyone suddenly wanted a ledger to protect their assets. And yeah, but uh, yeah, you would need Bluetooth for that. And 
it's I think that's the only way it would work. This isn't like a replacement for a MetaMask right out of the go. You need a hardware wallet. Um, and I think eventually it'll do more. So that'd be fun. You know, maybe, you know, I, I guess Ledger is trying to sell devices as well as, you know, security as a promise end to end. But yeah, you can't just download the software and use it. You would need hardware to go with it. Damn, that's that's really cool. I can imagine the ledger one day just becomes like a ring you wear or something and you're just like you could bring your identity with you wherever you are. I don't know. I, I like this idea. It's I, I rarely use Web3 products on my phone, to be honest. I don't know if that's just me. But yeah, I mean, I, if I'm using my ledger, I'm home. If I'm using my MetaMask, I'm in a browser. What about you guys? Do you ever... Do, are there any apps you use, Web3 apps that you use on your phone that are notable? So I've definitely had to, you know, so to speak, if I didn't want to miss something, I've loaded up MetaMask and done some transactions on a DEX and, you know, purchased an NFT. It's just not any fun because MetaMask is horrible on mobile unless you have like the brand newest phone and no tabs open and a lot of really good, perfect circumstances for that. Then, you know, it's not so great. But even then, it's not the only option, thankfully. Um, Unfortunately, some sites only support MetaMask, so there's that. And some sites only support MetaMask desktop because they don't have the APIs available and this and that. But the important thing here is that you'll have a native, probably good performing thing that you can use to do MetaMask-style transactions on desktop and on your phone. And if I, have to, if I have to chime in on this, on your phone is safer. Like The firmware is often locked down. On mobile devices, you can't just install whatever app you want on an iOS device, for example. A little easier on Android because, you know, you can sideload anything you want. But, yeah, it's a little different because sometimes security is more important. And I think we should really be doing all our signing with an external device anyway, even if it's our phone, to go with the desktop. And that just sort of protects you from, you know, those cases of somebody sort of having an unlocked browser extension on an unlocked device that they take out of your hand and start doing stuff with. So just kind of thinking ahead, like two-factor, so to speak, is the security way. And also, Castig, I love that you had this experience, even though it's really, really tragic that someone mailed you something and you were terrified about it. That's no fun at all. But um, it actually speaks to a couple of very important things. Um, trust is what you make it. And in the case of Ledger, they actually do this attestation process where if you plug it into Ledger Live, um, you can prove that your device is genuine. However, if I was feeling particularly shady and I knew somebody who was like, oh, you can just prove it's genuine, just plug it in. Getting someone to plug in a device they've never used that they didn't purchase is a terrifying thing because it might be a USB device that installs malware. You know, Some malware survives re like reformatting your primary storage. So yeah, I mean like some malware exists across, you know, multiple reformats of a drive as well as firmware of a device and so yeah, um you have to be careful what you plug in. Uh Ledger actually has this fantastic tutorial on how you can take apart your ledger, which I recommend by the way, which I recommend doing. You can take apart your ledger just a little bit and look at it and see if it's actually what you ordered. Because even if you order it from Ledger, if I was, I don't know, like if I knew where someone with lots of money lived and they were a big NFT investor, I could just go, hey, let's wait for them to get something from Ledger and swap the package out for a USB drive that I made that looks like a Ledger package. So there's always a man in the middle style attack. I hate that term because it's not inclusive, but you know what I mean? There's always a way to sort of get in there and interfere security wise. And you have to be you have to be careful of that. It's important to, you know, to know what you're getting. Wow. I mean, the scenario you just described with 
knowing where someone a ledger is being sent is like a very real threat that I had happened to me in 2020 when ledgers ledger was hacked not the hardware but most of you probably know who have them um their email and address list and it was it was the first time that i got really serious about security because you know it was just basically on the internet they just published my home address <laughs> and it was basically like this person has crypto that's really scary you know i mean it, you know you're still i guess like one in a, a few maybe a hundred thousand i don't know but um that you know you're basically just becoming a target and it's easy enough to just send that person you know spam or scams or, or show up at their house even like you, you never know um so yeah i think what you're describing like isn't that far off um and, and it's good to be really aware of making sure when you buy it you have you're the only person that has it and also to maybe i don't know as much as possible encrypt your private data on the internet so just something we all know but just chiming in what you're really saying i think deep down is why was that information still there to be stolen and i think as we um as we sort of do responsibly the web three thing, we store less data. We have less data available in the first place. I mean, I'm not saying that all ledgers should be sent to a central spot in, I don't know, Amsterdam, that we all go pick it up there and figure it out, you know, based on a token code or something like that, because that's not quite as practical, but it might make sense to have an Amazon locker style situation with them where, you know, you prove that you bought the thing, you pick it up and you get it. But yeah, if we're gifting ledgers, we should be gifting codes for ledgers, not ledgers themselves. I think people mean well, but that's not how it works in the real world. That's uh, <laughs> especially after a marketing attack where a bunch of your private data has been stolen. And I just what I what I really want to know is, hey, Ledger, you spend all this time on firmware updates and you do this amazing, amazing firmware job of protecting us there. Why can't you protect your data? So, you know, uh, it's a long past conversation. But yeah, that's amazing. Um, Titus, do you know who Michael Basil is? I'm guessing yes. I don't. Actually. Oh my God. I feel like you're going to love this man. <laughs> um, Michael Basil is, he, um, he wrote a few books on OSINT and privacy. Um, I think one is called how to disappear <laughs> and he has a podcast, which I'd highly recommend where he basically, his job is people come to him because they need to disappear off the internet. And so specifically, it's mostly celebrities or people who are doing um, like programs where they have to like, you know, through the government, they have to relocate or stuff like that. Um, but the thing that I found really fascinating about about a lot of his stuff is um, well, he just shares his techniques. And, you know, when this ledger hack happens to me and I realized that my address was on the Internet, I I started Googling and I found him and he has this book where you can basically just spy on yourself and he just shows you like if i was a hacker and i had your address like here's all the things you can do with it it's really really frightening um but it really opened my mind up to what so osint is op open source intelligence so it's if i had to do a bad trend bad explanation of it um it's basically the amount of open source free data on the internet that people can publicly find out about you. That's my understanding of it. So it's like what information is about you. And if you know one piece of it, it's like a puzzle, you know, somebody could start to build this portfolio of you. And that's what he does professionally. But it's really interesting because he shares in his books and on the podcast how he does it. Um, 
So I'd highly recommend reading more about that because it really just like opened my eyes about how the internet worked. Um, I will share my favorite tip. That's like something anyone here can do moving forward to just automatically be more <laughs> private. <laughs> and then I'll open the invite to Titus or anyone else who maybe wants to share their favorite tip. But um, my favorite one is just basically um, just basically making fake news about yourself, is I think what he calls it. So when they ask you, you know, a lot of times they'll be like, hey, what's your mom's maiden name? What's your favorite friend's name or the town you grew up in? Those are all chances to just spread misinformation about yourself. And so um, I'll often in my one password keep you know, what's your friend's name? I'll be like Snoopy or something, or I'll put like some numbers, like, you know, because um, otherwise you're giving this data away that's like so obviously, if, if you know my mother's maiden name, I'm not going to say it. Somebody here probably already knows it. <laughs> Don't say it. <laughs> you won't be welcome on stage again. Um, but yeah, you know, if you know that, you can all of a sudden like crack my security for a lot of the devices. And that's his point is like, if you can get these key pieces of information, you can just domino effect and brute force into somebody's privacy and really just eye opening. And so, yeah, just, just hash basically giving my own like lying about those. Um, as well as sometimes I'll go to uh, get like free coupons at like the whatever Whole Foods at the, the supermarket and like pull out those those things which is completely like wrong data i'll put in like half like his name and then like the address and it'll be all effed up just so that the database like he could obscure um i don't, I don't know exactly how that that second part i don't know how useful that is but it's kind of funny nothing but those are those are some of my favorite ones um i i'm gonna go to i see titus and evan whoever wants to speak first you guys can just chime in with that go for it evan go for it all right thanks man yeah, I think so. Like when it comes to security or anything for that matter, I think, you know, I like taking the first principles, you know, the, you know, the best solution is as few parts as possible, you know, and so in the case of security of wallets, I pin something up to the top and I know, so there's, you know, I think there's technical solutions, you know, that are full on products that people are working on, but you know, someone in the ENS community made a way where you can have a, like a verify wallet where I can verify that I own a board ape or whatever I own without actually having to have it in my wallet. And so that's like a case where, okay, I can verify something and sign it without having to ever risk it. The best, you know, people always say like, oh, I thought I was signing this, you know, this clean, safe site. Well, the best way to minimize never getting your wallet hacked is to never sign something to begin with. And so that's one way, you know, whether you use an ENS subdomain or a different product, I think in general, just not signing transactions, not, you know, not compromising just for, you know, ease of use and that's always important totally agree with all that and yeah like it's it's all about simplicity like the solutions are usually already there um we we create situations based on like historical solutions unfortunately in web3 a lot and i don't know why because like one of the easiest ways to verify that you own an address is to send a microtransaction from it maybe you send like a sat from your bitcoin wallet or you send like a tiny tiny amount of ether like whatever it is, like you can prove that you own a thing without, and you know, like if you, if they're not sure that it's your specific transaction, then have them send a very specific amount of either like the microtransactions that your bank do uh, does right now. Um, and if you want to benefit some, like, I don't know, let's, let's benefit Ukraine and have everyone send that microtransaction to a wallet that's doing good instead of benefiting the person who created the, you know, the situation there. Uh, we can, we can do social good 
and increase security all at the same time if we think creatively outside the box. Like these are all options and they've been available for a long time. I love that. Thanks guys for sharing. Super informative. <laughs> nice. Um, well, yeah, if anybody else wants to add into that discussion, raise your hand, feel free to speak up. Um, I'm gonna just pivot now to um, something that happened that Evan and I were chatting about briefly. Uh, Evan, I'll let you introduce it, but this this idea of, um, I guess it could be described as code, code versus law, basically how the, the role of smart contracts um, in deciding the rules of governing our user actions on the internet versus what we have now, which is these kind of amenable um, centralized EULAs, basically terms where they can become changed, you know, over time and at the whim of companies. That's how I would kind of describe the debate. Um, I know this has been on Evan's mind um, a lot recently, so I'll let you introduce it and then we can kind of uh, double click and, and dive into this this conversation a bit more. Yeah, and so I want to, you know, start off by saying I don't know the exact solution, you know, so I'm not trying to say I have the answers. I just know, you know, from a product standpoint, how it, you know, comes off from a user and where it can improve. And I don't know, like, like I said, I don't know all the details, but I think it's always interesting talking about these nuanced debates and, you know, hearing both sides to figure out a, you know, a better solution. So I, I always believe, you know, with social media, people don't understand the different layers that it is that govern it. You know, people don't realize that, you know, identity is one aspect being, you know, the algorithm is a different aspect terms of conditions. There's all these different layers that control different aspects, the governance of the actual, you know, the, the company and how that changes things. There's many layers. And so, you know, people will say, oh, I'm on Rumble instead of YouTube. It can't censor me. Well, guess what? What are the actual parameters behind the technology? And the example of Rumble, sure, it's a website that says it won't censor you, but is there anything cryptographically that can prove it won't? And so that's the type of things where I don't know all the answers, I just know like, so I've run social media accounts on Instagram and TikTok and whatnot, and the AI algorithm will change overnight without the user having any consent, having any clue even of what it is. You know, at least at a minimum, it should be open source code where I know what the algorithm is and your account gets destroyed and you can't post anymore. You know, these algorithms really run some of these social medias. With TikTok, you literally doesn't matter even if you have a lot of followers. If they want you gone, you're gone off these platforms, even if they don't censor you, they'll just... They'll just tweak an algorithm that even if it wasn't targeted towards you, but it'll material affect your business, your livelihood. And so I think these types of things, I don't know all the solutions, but I think, you know, there needs to be more transparency as a whole. There needs to be less human intervention and less um, decision making. I think it needs to be much more of like, look, these are the rules ahead of time. We're not changing them. And that's that. And that's what we're going to be governed by automatically, you know, via smart contracts. I know not everything can be, you know, run by automation but i think more definitely could be than we're at right now and that's where i'll leave it off for you know anyone to discuss because i just think it's a good open debate titus go out go for it there is a risk and it will always be there in building a business on a platform that is not transparent like full stop that's the way it is if your data isn't portable you've tied it to that entity if your ability to understand why a block or a you know a a deplatforming or whatever the thing is, isn't in place. If you don't know who did it, you don't know why did it, they did it. Then you're basically saying, Hey, um, I trust you. Here's, here's, here's my business. I'm going to put it right in your hands. Good luck to both of us. You know, that's the way it goes. 
Um, and yeah, I mean, if, if the data isn't portable, then you've basically said, hey, it's yours. Good luck. So it's unfortunate because, I mean, we want more transparency and I think we need to start demanding it. And I, I'm one of those people who says like, you know, protest with your wallet. I say it a lot. I've actually brought this, I think this topic up at one point on spaces, probably on a console spaces because of Twitter, but it might've been something else. I mean, it's unfortunate and it's real because we have to build on something and Twitter is popular. And it's, it's really hard to say that, unfortunately, it's true that Web3 doesn't really belong here. Like, this isn't a place for Web3 that's good for us. You know, a lot of us have worked hard to build these followings and build our businesses and then tie them to Twitter to some degree. And yet, we have no idea what Twitter is going to be like tomorrow. We have no idea, like, what deplatforming might happen for who, for what, what reasons. And the transparency that we were promised hasn't gotten here. In fact, it's gotten worse. Um, this is the risk we take. And this is why we need to start building platforms that say, hey, your data is yours. Um, transparency in the software as well as algorithmic type stuff is, you know, going to be important more and more so. Oh, man, that was so well said. Yeah, like that just resonates with me so much. Um, this idea that we're all on, even on Twitter right now and, you know, we can't control week over week how the algorithm is going to show us different connections or spam or you know deplatform any one of us and it happens you know all the time you know at least on my feed i see people all the time being like so and so is deplatformed i'll be like Fuck. um like literally this week i mean it happens a lot so um yeah i think that, i think that is such like the promise of, of what we're building um you know in web3 and and with console as well is to allow these tools to be portable transferable controllable by you um in and having these ownable assets like these are just really important concepts and it's just like the first step to building like a whole new amount of innovation but we need to make this first step and and i think the thing that i would say a lot of us come back to is just identity is really where i i know that titus and evan and and i we talk a lot about that's why we talk about identity and i think like once we can move and own our identity, it just unlocks, at least in my head, it's like a win, a windfall of, um, of opportunity. So yeah, I plus one to that. <laughs> Evan, you got more to say? Yeah, yeah. So the way I always think of it is imagine every single centralized platform went to zero in the stock market. The platform got hacked, whatever the case may be, it's gone. These platforms, you know, are gone. What do we do? How do we interact? How do we network with these people? Sure, some of these people are well known and have websites, but a lot of our connections, you know, they're stuck on one platform. And if we have, we let, you know, one platform control us, we are, you know, destined to just, you know, go to zero, destined to never control our destiny, never actually, you know, survive and thrive in this world with, you know, the people we build connections with. I think that's a really crazy thing to think about where, you know, we don't, you know, not only do we not own it, but we don't like have, you know, custody of it. We can't import it. You know, that is like, so I just said, it's so important to be able to import it from one place to another. I go to console with my ENS and you don't tell me anything about like my digital identity or anything that I've imported. That is what it is. And you can't do anything about it. And that's what's so amazing. Console does their part. ENS does their part. And you like, distribute the the powers and you know anytime there's more competition anytime there's less you know ability for humans or anyone else to intervene the better and that's what i'm so pumped about like you said digital identity and being able to have these platforms where they have less control 
for the better. You know, the platform shouldn't even want to have the data for some reasons. And I think you've mentioned that. And so it's great that, you know, these are starting to be built and, you know, we're starting to see real network effects where Web3 is going to be the future. I, I, you know, a couple of years ago, I think it was hard to say the social aspect was going to be here. I think everyone knew crypto and finance was going to be here. But I think now it's like with identity, it's a locked in thing. And it's just a matter of time till more people realize that they really want to own their identity. They didn't ever know it existed, so they never wanted it. But now that like people are starting to realize, oh, shit, this is a real thing. You know, I think it's really starting to take hold within all of crypto and Web3. And I think that's just only going to, you know, accelerate as Web3 penetrates Web2 and the rest of the markets. Um that's amazing. I mean, I think a lot of us are aligned. I, I'm in a lot of Twitter spaces. People seem aligned. Um, and at the same time, we're still on Twitter. <laughs> so um, my question to the group might be, you know, when do we move or what is the trigger? I think in the past, certain triggers have caused people to want to, to protest. Um, Cambridge Analytica in 2018 resulted in a very large protest uh, to get off Facebook. There was nowhere to go. Then again, Elon buys Twitter in the past year. There's a big protest to move the Mastodon. People moved to Mastodon. It wasn't what they hoped for. They came back. Um, is there some level um, of tooling and thing that we need to get us there? And I'm just going to go and propose one idea, but also would love to hear from the group. Um, I mean, console is, you know, ready for importing like you know like Evan was saying like your ens address we have bns addresses we're gonna um have a variety of different ways you know to claim your identity and come to console and chat like we literally could start bringing chat and have user owned chat you know that's possible um and yet i wonder you know i guess um I wonder if that's enough. Like, I'm just, I, I'm always trying to just like, you know, ask questions and doubt even and just learn, right? So hopefully that's enough. But one idea I had was like, do we need to be even more targeted? Let me know if this is a stupid idea. But, you know, do we need, because we will open source console this year. Um, and the idea is, do we need to have a version of console that's like ENS chat? And it's like a white label. It's just only ENS. And would that be appealing to that community? And maybe there's like a different one for different communities. You could have your own chat. Or does that seem redundant? I'm just, I would just love to get initial thoughts on that. There was just an idea I had for maybe targeting like how you can target people, these people like us, but maybe who need, who need more of an incentive or to be called out by name to have their own club or focused place. I'd be curious what you guys think. Titus? I'll chime in a little bit. Um, there are definitely going to be proponents every day that we have like this type of a space. We're going to go ENS, ENS, ENS. And I support that. I, I believe in it. But what I really support about it is that it's an example of the right type of like, like building in the open in a, like it's a community project that's popular because it did a lot of things right didn't do everything right, but it did a lot of things right. And I mean, it's good enough to make it into ERCs, things like that. And yeah, so like it's popular. Um, you need to get all the popular things all in one place, but it also, you know, like there needs to be incentive. And I always talk about incentivization as this thing that draws a huge amount of people from one place to another. So it needs to be useful to them. 
And it also needs to probably have some sort of like, I mean, maybe it's a financial incentive, maybe it's an early adopter incentive, but the incentivization needs to be, mm. um, you know, take your Twitter followers with you kind of like mindset. Um, and I think that's possible. I think if we get it right, if we use, you know, building in the clear open source technology, but also do what Twitter does and it's friendly, it's pretty, you know, like if it, re- if it replaces the things that you're leaving and you go, hey, I want this, then an incentive would probably push people over the, you know, the edge. That sounds awesome. Um, Evan, you want to add to that? Yeah, no, I think he was, Titus is so right on that. And I would add, you know, it will be like a massive tipping point when some of these protocols and, you know, the applications built on top of them create things that were never possible with Web2. I think that's when the FOMO will kick in when the users themselves will be like, holy shit, I see this influencer who I love. They're on this new app. This new app's doing this new cool thing. I want to get it. That's when it's going to really be that effect. I remember Snapchat, everyone talking about how Kylie Jenner blew it up. And obviously, you know, there's more than just that. But, you know, we need the users to be able to, like, be FOMOing over it. Like, I remember um, when, um, what was the app that got copied by, oh, wait, Clubhouse. So when Clubhouse existed, you know, the prior to Twitter space, Twitter space copied Clubhouse. Well, Clubhouse was going ballistic and blowing up. It was this new social audio thing. It was invite only. People were, I literally paid money just to get an invite to this thing. And so I remember people were willing to do basically anything to get on this platform. If there is that effect where people are like, I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's, you know, digital identity, this, blah, 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 crypto, this. No, it's a great application. I, I, I can do this cool thing. I can make revenue here. I, I can't get censored here. Whatever the case may be, that's when we're going to hit the point where it's not even us selling it. It's just going to be like, look, I don't know why you're on Instagram anymore, Boomer. Like that's going to be the point where we hit really scaling and it's like, holy shit, Web3 is the thing. Sometimes it's easy, as easy as partnerships for this. Like you get the right in a partnership and somebody goes, hey, I need to be on this thing because. And other times it's maybe more nuanced. Like I, I believe in this thing at some level because of this, you know, this, maybe it's a network effect, whatever it is, but these things are possible. And I see a hand up. Yeah, I love that, guys. Uh, 1A4, go for it. Hey, hey, I do have a question following this one, but just answering that one there. Uh, I think console success or any other new platform is going to be when the new tools can reward the actual community. So I don't mean silly things like airdrops and reward in the sense of entitlement. It's more when you have a community and you can, for example, with ENS names, when you have people going in with their ENS names and you as console know who they are, that's your particular space you automatically can pull that data and perhaps you can do a, a quick, uh, here's, our, here's a new picture or here's a POAP, you know, whatever it might be where people that are actually on your particular platform, uh, they've consented to certain information being given across and that's also their ticket. So it's communities will come to console when they know they can readily and easily uh, reward or, or give participation to that community in one easy, simple click. So let's use Discord as an example. That's not straightforward. There's there's not a way that you have everybody's wallet address. That you have their name, but that doesn't constitute a wallet address. So if Console can uh, bridge that gap, that creates an incentive for communities to come across because they say, well, this is how we can choose to serve our community, or rather, we didn't think this was possible. This is a new way in which we're going to do it. And then I do have an AMA question. 
when the time's right. Thank you. Uh, that was incredible. Thanks. Thanks, 1A4. Yeah, I wonder, um, you know, well, I'll, I'll say that, yes, um, on console, we have all the wallet addresses and we we do think that's really powerful for community organizers to be able to have access. It's like, it's the new email list, you know, you used to have an email list. I mean, that's how Substack blew up, right? You could basically send a newsletter to everybody. Um, I think, you know, having a list of the ENSs and the wallet addresses is really powerful. And um, I think we're still just imagining what's what's possible with that and really excited to to explore that more. So that one in particular is super interesting, but I think you, you had a lot of really great points there. Um, I see, I think Bitcoin, um, Bitcoin Ghost has your hand up. You want to add to the conversation? Go for it. Hey, yeah, wow, this is actually a great conversation. I was not expecting this at all. But uh, so there's a lot of great points on here. Uh, I just want to add one more. I think, I think the real mass adoption actually happens when there's longevity. So those beginner incentives and so on, uh, they'll get you to try out the platform, but maybe only up until the point the incentive runs out. I think longevity is really the thing that drives mass adoption. Like, you know, when there's mass migration, I don't know, from the Soviet Union in the 80s, right? People came to the U.S. because there's opportunity, there's, there's longevity. They could, they could build a business. Uh, they, they didn't worry about a community or anything. They're, worried, they're looking out for themselves. So uh, the main point is, you know, can you see this platform? Can you be using this platform forever, like for the foreseeable future from the buyer and seller side? Is there enough there? Uh, to push it forward and keep people there beyond that first instant gratification. So uh, that's just my two cents on it. Well, can you build a business? Can you build a community? Is it, is it stable? Is it uncensorable? And so on. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's an incredible point. I think the, the ability to build a business to for creatives to start communities where they own their community and network. And I think all of that is definitely the next steps of just just bringing and working with those communities on on console and um yeah really excited for that and a lot more uh titus go for it i know um we're past the hour mark and i'm happy about it actually because i always want this space to go past the hour mark um just uh i, I think the words that didn't get used that were maybe prominent in my mind when i heard that suggestion is uh, sustainability it's a thing we don't always talk about when it comes to Web3 projects, which is also maybe a horrible word for the next Web3 thing. Um, but yeah, like the the future of a thing, the longevity of a thing is often tied directly to sometimes it's a financial model. Sometimes it's tied to um, what is the, you know, the roadmap looking like, not just like one month out or like one step out, but maybe five, 10 years out, you know, what what's what's the hook in what's the the benefit of using this long term makes a lot of sense to think about and discuss and i think that's a discussion that needs to happen with the community in a space like this where like-minded individuals um are basically going hey i've got a different idea of how this can look how can we all build it together and i think uh Kastig, your your unique um ability in the social space is to bring a whole bunch of really brilliant people together to discuss a whole bunch of really brilliant ideas and so thank you for that 
Thank you for building the clinic. Oh, thanks, Titus. That's so nice of you. Um, man, I appreciate it. I just show up every week. And you guys do a lot of the uh, a lot of the hard work. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, great questions. Great conversation. Thanks, everybody. Um, yeah, and yeah, we did go over a little bit. You know what? I, I just made a note, Titus. Um, that could that could be a great conversation for a future um, Twitter space, and maybe. Um, maybe something we could all think about, you know, is like, what is the five-year plan for console? What would we like to see? And, you know, another way to rephrase that is I, I think that by putting, like having creative focus, like focusing on console, I, I feel like in that process of having this brainstorm, we will inevitably come up with solutions for like the larger ecosystem that I think any creator, whether you're a creator community or you're building a web three are going to, um, are going to probably value from listening to and contributing to. So, um, so I think that would be like a really great focused um, conversation because yeah, there are some big open-ended questions, you know, that I have as far as what our users value. Like for example, what level of decentralization, what level of privacy, what level of usability, um, community manage, like there's so many directions that this project could go. And, you know, um, we we have a vision and, you know, we try to share that. And also we're also trying to learn, you know, so, you know, it, it would be, I think, you know, at like a startup at our age, it would be, you know, so early. Um, I think it would be naive to say like this is like we know exactly what our next five years is going to be. I think we have principles and and a guiding vision of of where we believe um, chat could be. We talk about that a lot in these <laughs> sessions. Um, but I think really pulling that apart is such a great prompt. So um, so yeah, I'm just going to put a pin in that. Yeah, where do we imagine console will be in five years? What would you like to see? And more broadly decentralized social media we could probably you know go around there um that would be a great topic and um and i'm just gonna close things out with that so uh a few a few other things too that are gonna come up in future weeks so anyone that's listening interested um so uh next week i believe we will have an exciting announcement of a new community uh a rather large one which will be coming to console <laughs> um i think it will happen next week so let me double check that but if not next week the following week so stay tuned for that um and we'll probably have a, a guest speaker um joining us from that community um so that's gonna be exciting and in future weeks too um i'm gonna have some updates uh, about what i've been learning about nostra i've been deep diving into Nostra, which I will say is, I think, one of the most decentralized protocols for chat ever. Um, Console is not using Nostra at the moment. I think Nostra is still in its infancy and it's still early days. Um, but we're learning a lot and even contributing to the project. It's an open source project. And um, we could probably do a whole session on that and I could, you know, we could share, maybe have some guests and stuff. So uh, I think that will be coming up over the next few weeks too. I'm not sure exactly which week, but those are, those are, those are a few topics that we have now for the next few weeks. If you have any other topics that you'd like to suggest for future weeks, um, or you have a story or a community that you're bringing to console, you could always DM me and say, Hey, this week I'd like to talk about this. This is on my mind. I have questions. Um, I'm here for you, for your community, really want to help you grow and just always so appreciative of everybody that comes um, to have this conversation. It's really fun to just geek out with everybody about uh, sovereign identity and DSO and the future of the internet. So uh, thanks again, wrapping things up today. Big shout out to uh, Titus 
Evan um, showing up every week, bringing great stories, insights, and questions. Really appreciate you. Um, thanks to all the other speakers today, 184, Robin, Bitcoin Ghosts, um, and anyone else who contributed today. Really appreciate you. And everybody else out in the audience, wow, thanks so much for coming. Uh, we got Joe, we got Angie, uh, we got Blake. Blake's doing some great work coming week over week. Nikki Specs, we got Vlad, we got Kia, we got Lena, we got Hero Gamer, just such a great community. And um, and the the new console is live. That was the big news today. Um, we got the big upgrade. And I and I saw during the chat today, we had R2R, Mochi Circle, and the Messiah all join uh, Console HQ today. Um, and so I'll see you there until next week, next Monday. Every Monday we do this space. Looking forward to your questions, looking forward to learn from you. And I'll see you in Console HQ. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you all for being here. Thanks. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was the Console AMA, recorded on Monday, March 20th, 2023. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to terraspaces.org slash donate and show some support now. Sneaking through back alleys on a little cosplay Broadway all day, looking like the wrong way Resuscitating major players in the waiting room Sifting through the paperwork while I be debating fools Breaking rules, breaking bad, like we always wait for doom Slayed a few in my early years, often ate the shroom Sitting in the dark, waiting for the daily news To let us know what we should believe as the latest truth Stay aloof, writing rhymes in the studio Trying to keep it well lit like filming a movie role Sorting through support from your endorsements Of course we're tripping balls, handing reports in the latest proof ain't a way to move, change the view Just a bunch of pack of heads living in a chicken coop Picking at the dinner, finger licking like the plate is good So kick it for a minute then show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Big thinking energy always gets the best of me When I kick it in the lab, messing with new recipes Gotta mix and match, flip the latch, letting rhythm scratch Dope shit, spitting facts with my vision smashed Big trip aristocrats, dishing out a list of trash Missing wisdom, this fish is too big to catch Better let the missus know where you hit the stash Watch your next step, bro, before you hit the traps Walking on eggshells, tripping over landmines And I'm about done dealing with these damn lies Man, I'm looking at this planet like a franchise Chastise into digging holes in the back nine the latest proof ain't a way to move, change the view Just a bunch of peck of heads living in a chicken coop Picking at the dinner finger, licking like the plate is good So kick it for a minute, then show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two